are here tonight for a poetry slam. If a student is disruptive or seems frustrated, remove them from the safety of their peers, and anyone like them must go. When you look at my body, what do you see? I got up here and made y'all make all types of noise. Made y'all make noise for Urban Word NYC. And there's hella people in here who have no idea what Urban Word NYC is. I think the really unique thing about Urban Word is that it provides um, a safe space to feel like my voice is important and matters. And they also end up linking me with other people who can help hear my voice. The things that I learned and the people I learned it from just continue to follow me and help me no matter where I'm at. My name is Sophia Snow. I'm the executive director of Urban Word NYC. We serve about 25,000 youth all across New York City. We have what we call our core programs, things like the New York City Youth Poet Laureate Program that um, is the founding Youth Poet Laureate Program in a national network of 40 cities and counting. We also run the Citywide Teen Poetry Slam that culminates with Grand Slam Finals at the Apollo every year. We have on-site weekly workshops and a youth-led open mic called First Draft. One of the things you realize is a lot of kids don't, don't think their voices are legitimate. They say things like, well, I'm not a good writer, so I can't write poetry, or I can't spell, I can't write poetry, you know, and we're trying to unteach them. When we create communities that help people feel seen and feel like the stories they have to tell matter, we are creating a healthy, more whole society. To see something that's been here uh, 20 plus years and to watch the, uh, the young people that we serve become adults and watch them uh, start serving communities and becoming facilitators and uh, not just working poets but like global citizens. That is why I, I have to stay at Urban Word NYC. When people ask me about what Urban Word is, uh, I really just think about how our fundamental value system hasn't changed over the years. It's really about creating and curating a dynamic, engaging environment for young writers of New York City and then also providing them with platforms where they can share their powerful voices. Um, but over the last 20 years, where the platform has taken the organization is, is incredible. I think about when a student comes to Urban World for the first time. There's a student that's been overwhelmed by an incredible amount of sadness. They don't know who to talk to. They can't afford a therapist. They feel alone in the world. And then suddenly they come to a workshop at Urban Word and they see other kids who feel exactly like them. You empower them through the use of language. One of my teachers was like, have you ever heard of Poetry Slam? And then I found this thing called New York City Youth Poetry Slam. I went to the semifinals round at Louder Arts and I was with, I think I was with my mom. And I'd just never seen anything like it before. Um, there were all these young people who looked like me and like actually looked like me. I knew that they were also kids who like were having a really hard time graduating and a really hard time feeling valuable and a really hard time avoiding, you know, getting locked up and being in gangs. And for the first time in my life, I, I didn't care about winning. I just really, really, really wanted to do what those kids were doing. Through the writing and the poetry, we're we're so much 
more vulnerable and so much more free and open to actually address the issues that we are going through in our everyday lives. See, the poetry itself is a therapeutic tool, but there is actually still therapy that exists, right? And so sometimes the writing itself allows those issues to be stated out loud. And that is something that leads people to wanting more help, right? To digging deeper. I see the participants processing the difficult aspects of their life by turning to the page, turning to the stage. My name is uh, Carvin Sassan. I'm an actor, uh, writer, singer. I currently star in Hamilton as George Washington on Broadway. Uh, I've been a part of Urban Word, I think, for the last 13 years. I was a young artist, you know, homeless in the city. Uh, you know, by the grace of God, I had places to, to sleep. I had couches to crash on, but I didn't have a home. And uh, those were my years, actually, that I was in Urban Word. And Urban Word, in a lot of ways, was my home. There are alums from Urban Word who've gone and won National Book Awards, who've gone and become tenure-track professors at Ivy League schools. They're kids who've gone on to become stars of the biggest Broadway show in history. That is what Urban Word makes possible. It's the kind of space that reminds you why we're really here, and it's a constant reminder of how we're all trying to grow. We're all trying to get to know ourselves better. We're all trying to love ourselves better and love each other better. And in a world that is so just politically polarized, having a space where young people are not afraid to dig into their stories, and they're also not afraid to put their own guards down and listen to each other, the world needs more people who are awake like that. How do you feel about uh, celebrating 20 years of Urban Word? How do I feel about celebrating 20 years? First of all, I can't believe it's been 20 years. I also love the fact that the faces keep changing. So you know it's still happening. You know that everybody who goes through is reaching down and talking and saying, this is something that you have to do with your life. And so, uh, praise be, I hope I'm here for the 40th anniversary. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to tonight's In Conversation with the New York Book Forum. My name is Janet McCarthy Grimm, and I am the president of the New York Book Forum, and we are so excited about tonight's program, which features Dr. Kemia Davis, the National Network Director for the Youth Poet Laureate Program, and we have a couple of amazing guest uh, poets tonight, and I'm going to give you a little bit of information about them. Mira Dasgupta was the 2020 United States Youth Poet Laureate, the youngest appointed in the history of the country. She is also the first U.S. Poet Laureate to have been appointed from New York as well as the Northeast region, and the first Asian American Youth Poet Laureate of the United States. Born in Queens, she is a fierce advocate for student voice and gender equality, having worked throughout the city on various projects in order to empower young women and to increase civic engagement with other students her age. Mira has recently graduated from Stuyvesant High School and hopes to continue to utilize her intersection between social justice and poetry 
to uplift voices of historically underrepresented communities. She was recently accepted into the University of Chicago. Thank you so much, Mira, for being with us this evening, and we look forward to hearing what you have to say. Thank you, Janet. Um, so the first poem that I'm actually going to read is entitled Lineage. And considering the current state of the world in terms of the climate crisis, I know that in terms of the pandemic, we've all been within our homes and we've all been separated physically, but we're still united together. And I feel like climate change is one thing which affects us on a global scale. And we really do have to consider it from interdisciplinary and intersectional lenses, and especially through our writing and by reading other works by authors before us. Um, so this is lineage. We do not inherit the earth from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. A Native American proverb. There is a mother here. Her skin has known the salt of broken oceans. Her hands have traced the sun until it became her. She learned respect from a father and his hands, how the bones of dead flowers made their garden a burial ground. Her body was her family's burial ground, her mouth an untamed flame. It escaped and left her with a vase. In it, her reflection appeared and shattered. There is a brother here. He's learned to breathe air as dark as his skin. There are no lights in a city of stars that do not reach him. Some days, he feels paperweight in his dreams he's flying. He's forgotten the smell of grass and his mother. He's forgotten the sounds of the wind, what it means to fly. In his dreams, he carries a star in his pocket, but it burns from the inside out. It reminds him of himself, that there is a burning within him. There is a father here. He overflows into his mother's garden. Her flames lick his stubborn skin as he swallows the ocean hole. He writes odes to himself until his blood becomes a dead rose. And as the sea levels rise, as they run like a crimson mouth psalm, as children curl like wayward leaves, as storms shake their sea blue hands, as these hands overturn burial grounds, as burial grounds become his mother, a father becomes a son in mourning. There is a daughter here. She's been taught how to sustain on seeds, but to never settle for them, to treat the grounds as she treats her body, to till the earth until she too is the sun. When morning arrives, she finds the shattered reflection of her mother and recalls the pieces. Countless oceans converging where she stands, you, can hear an echo of lineage, the sound of a thousand daughters, mothers, sons, and fathers, how they become a garden, how their voices bloom among the scattered bones and carry like seeds to wind. Thank you. <laughs> And 
the next short poem that I'm going to read is one that I wrote pretty recently. I have spoken of it before and it's called Immortal. And I feel like there are so many people whose lives were taken not only due to the pandemic, but due to different social injustice issues which have been happening and people have been moving towards. And I feel like we have to remember them in the way in which we speak about these issues moving forth, because our communities are of, are the people who empower us in order to speak on stages or to speak in the positions that we have. So this is called Immortal and I hope you enjoy the piece. <laughs> You'd march and others would follow. Like the refugee camps of a broken island, you'd swell with every neighbor joining the weekly parade, cheering, stomping on a river made of pearls and hands, innocence gambling with death at the brink of the universe, of home. I wonder how you made it look easy, walking on water, floating on air so that the government couldn't catch you. And I think that this is the closest that we have come to flying. See, you never really died. You lived on in the boys dancing to hip hop near the dollar store, in the coroner who performed the autopsy and frowned, in the beauty of a cataclysmic end, the breath of many words, the unfinished poems your children, a sunrise that has realized its potential to arrive again. And that was immortal. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoy the next pieces by Serena because she's an amazing poet. And I know that Urban Word NYC does a lot and the National Youth Poet Laureate does a lot in order to empower voices like ours. Thank you so very much, Mira. And now I would like to tell the audience about Serena Yang. She is a poet and a writer who serves as the 2021 New York City Youth Poet Laureate and was the Northeastern Regional Finalist for the 2021 National Youth Poet Laureate title. Born in Singapore and raised in Queens, she is a first-generation Chinese-American Im immigrant and her work reflects her myriad identities. She approaches art in all of its mediums as the fire, fuel, and food for change, and believes imagination and storytelling is critical to justice work and writes always with the knowledge that a better world is possible. Serena, thank you so very much for joining us, and we look forward to hearing what you have to say. Thank you, Janet, and thank you, Mira, for your beautiful poems, as always. I always love reading after you. Um, and thank you, Dr. Davis, as well, for being here. Uh, I will be reading two poems as well. The first one um, is a short love poem that I've been writing in kind of a series of short, mid-length um, love poems because I've just been reading a lot of love poetry in the pandemic. I highly recommend it. It's a very healing and comforting practice during this time. So this is um, poem number three. In my last year of high school, when everyone was always looking past each other to the nearest fire escape, I could not look away from your face 
I spent all years staring into the sun, meaning every time I saw your shadow, an old bruise on my left shoulder became a spool of twine unspooling around a small fire. I did not call this a crush until it was already over, when I no longer knew if I loved you or if I was simply afraid of you. Fear is something I can name. I've spent so much of my life running that I grow nervous in front of mirrors. A girl who loves a girl is a redundancy. A girl's love should always turn outwards. A girl's love should be for everyone, but girl, girl is a mouth that does not know its own tongue, but swallows anyway. I unspool carefully, around and around. I wonder if the sun is watching me back or if she is only burning herself a new face. I have survived small burns before. They make creams for that kind of thing. I've made my own shadows dance before. So why should I be afraid? It is only the sun, only a dance. Thank you. I have one more poem um, that I wrote in the aftermath of the Atlanta shootings in March, um, when a white gunman shot and killed eight people, six of which were Asian women. Uh, this is a poem about rage, about anger, but I think in many ways, it is also a love poem. So this is Rage Woman. I am full of an ancient rage, the rage of my mother, my aunts, my lovers. I read the police statements and become transparent. I read the word temptation again and become opaque and flickering with rage. I have no more laughter to hide behind. There is no punchline hungry enough to swallow the wide ocean of my grief, not even my own body. I have swallowed too many of your jokes my blood thick with violence, my body always the first and only offering. This is not to say that I have never raged. I am always screaming. There in the back of the classroom where I cannot close my mouth, I must look so quiet to you, mid-scream. I was already screaming before you gutted my name like a fish at the front of the room before I found myself on the news under the wrong name, before I found my name in your mouth, though I don't remember giving you permission. Nobody likes to call a woman by the name she wears like a knife. I can never ask nicely enough. I can never be small enough. I must call being wanted a victory, even if you want me dead, or at least quiet enough to be a dead thing. In the aftermath, I show you the pictures. I say woman, mother, aunt, auntie, woman, here are so many women. My rage fluttering like a caged bird behind my ribs, I feel like a child throwing a tantrum. I feel inevitable, like I could stand myself between you and the storm and be as sure as a shipwreck. It's not as if I can keep you alive by saying your name over and over. It's not as if I could make you eternal by telling them your favorite food, the way you love to smile for the camera, who you danced with when you were 21, and what was so important 
that you took a one-way flight away from home. Yesterday, I applied for my first US passport and was reminded that we do not need to die to disappear. In the aftermath, I show you the pictures. I say, woman, mother, aunt, auntie, woman, 姐姐,妹妹,阿姨, here are so many women. Here is my grandma, whose rage was a bird with the wind beneath her wings. I know a word for anger that also means air. When mama ran away from home, dada would go out on the streets calling her name, like bringing a dog to heal. Their three young daughters following. Some of my mother's earliest memories are of searching the night for her mother, who wasn't missing at all, just breathing. Her rage like a light that makes all who love her move. Her daughters, who will have their own daughters, and the daughters will keep coming until the rage passes through us like air, a life-giving thing, saying, there are women here. There will be women here. I hold your hand and feel your rage pass through me. In another language, this is a word for love. In another language, this is a word for revolution. I don't want to talk about death anymore or names. I want to know you are alive and precious. I do not need to know your name to call you auntie, sister. I don't want to talk about who hates us or why we must be afraid. I want to ask you, who do you love? Who is your daughter? What do your woman dream about? Thank you. Oh my, that was beautiful. Thank you so much, Serena. In fact, thank you so much, Mira and Serena. It was amazing to listen to your words and feel your power and your energy and your messages. Thank you. Dr. Camia Davis is the National Network Director for the acclaimed Youth Poet Laureate Program and Initiative of the Urban Word, an award-winning literary arts and youth development organization. Dr. Davis also serves as Assistant Director for the Center for Equity and Justice in Teacher Education, as well as an Assistant Research Professor at Georgia State University. Dr. Davis is a poet, educator, and educational researcher with a heart for urban youth and communities. Her research focuses on youth activism, racial justice in teacher education, critical collaborative ethnography, and critical poetic inquiry. Thank you so much, Dr. Davis, for joining us this evening. I welcome you. We are so excited about this program. And without further ado, I'm going to jump into a few questions that we have prepared and um, imagine this is going to become a very lively conversation as we go along. So uh, Mike Sorelli is one of the co-founders of the Youth Poet Laureate Program. Could you please explain what prompted him to come up with that idea and how did it get started? And at what point along that journey did you become involved with the Youth Poet Laureate Program? For sure. So the Youth Poet Laureate Program was founded by Urban Word in 2008. 
And essentially the idea was to give a title or some type of honorary platform to young poets who are not only great writers, but also deeply committed to their communities as well as civic engagement. So this idea of a laureateship came into being. And in New York City in 2008 was the first time that a young person received the title of Youth Poet Laureate. And Urban Word partnered with the city of New York to offer this Youth Poet Laureate title. And from there, the idea was how do we obtain more civic platforms for these young writers to share their really important ideas. And Michael Sorelli and the other founders wanted something that was different than your traditional slam or open mic space. And they wanted to be deeply civic in nature. And so one of the big dreams was to get these young people in civic platforms like City Hall. And so years later, we moved forward. And in 2012, the, it was 2014, excuse me, the Youth Poet Laureate of New York City was invited to speak at Mayor Bill de Blasio's inauguration. And we thought, wow, this is it. This is the thing that we've been working towards. And um, that performance was really well received. There was a lot of press that came out of it. And from that momentum, we began to expand the program across the United States. So people began to develop Youth Poet Laureate programs in their local regions. We now have 60 programs across the United States in different cities, regions, and counties. And I enter into this picture in 2018. My research on youth activism led me to seek out young people that were deeply civically engaged. And I found out about the Youth Poet Laureate program. So what I did was I researched as many Youth Poet Laureates during my data collection period as possible, talked to them about civic identity and how poetry intersects with civic identity. And as a part of my own philosophy as a researcher, brought all of that back to Urban Word to return what I learned to the community. And in doing so, they were really impressed with both the findings and the process. And they invited me to this role of national network director because the program began to grow, grow, grow more than I think we initially anticipated. And so now my work is to support our local partners across the United States from conception to um, having the title released in our local area and then support those young people all year long. So that's the answer to that question. Thank you. Could you describe the process for aspiring poets to apply for the Youth Poet uh, Laureate Program and how do, they, how do they do that if they want to participate? Sure. So our program has a local level, a regional level, and a national level. So the first way to become a Youth Poet Laureate is to apply with your local literary arts or civic youth organization. They have a Youth Poet Laureate program, and most of the time that application includes a poetry portfolio and what we call a resume or CV, but we explain it to young people as a brag sheet where they explain in their own words, what is the social impact of the things they do in their community and why do they matter? They submit those two primary documents and then the community at the local level, poets, activists, educators, select using rubrics or provides, selects one young person that becomes the Youth Poet Laureate for that city or region. And then they can advance to regionals where they apply through Urban Word with those same materials, your brag sheet about your civic engagement as well as your literary portfolio. And then our process includes regional judges from all the regions of the United States. We work with the census um, parameters for different regions of the US. 
and we select four young people that will advance to regional finalists and then nationals is the next level. So carrying on with that theme, um, how do you make the selection for the one youth poet laureate for the year? What is what is the narrowing down process and and how and when and how is that announced each year? So for the national competition, our regional partners across the United States select those finalists. And once you become a finalist, they're typically announced at the beginning of the year, early January. The finalists go into a cohort model where we support them for the whole next calendar year. And they do readings, they do events, and they just work on civic projects together while they're compiling their application for nationals. And that application includes, again, their literary portfolio of poetry. It includes a video of them explaining th their platform, what, why they think they want to be the youth poet laureate, what they would do with a laureateship, as well as their CV or brag sheet and an essay. An essay is normally themed around whatever the Poetry Coalition's theme is for the year, because Ermore is a part of the Poetry Coalition with other partners like the American Academy of Poets and so forth. So there's an annual theme for poetry in the United States and the youth poets write an essay connecting their work and their identity to that theme in some way. And then we select nationally acclaimed judges. So they include former US laureates, they include educators, um, activists, professors that focus on these ideas. And it's normally about six judges and they use our rubrics again to review all of those files and they select the National Youth Poet Laureate of the United States. And we announced them in late spring. So it's somewhere between Poetry Month in April and then early May is when we normally announce. So once this person has been selected as the Youth Poet Laureate of the United States, what are their responsibilities for the upcoming year? So the responsibilities for the National Youth Poet Laureate of the United States are to be the Youth Literary Ambassador for the U.S. And for us, that includes civic engagement. So they will speak on a lot of really important civic platforms. Oftentimes people are reaching out to Urban Word to invite the Youth Laureate to speak. And many times they have a focus that they are really passionate about. For example, Mira Dasgupta, who we'll meet today, her platform was climate change. So you will see her in a lot of spaces where people are thinking about, talking about, considering legislation for climate change. So their role is to speak around relevant issues that are important to them, to be a literary ambassador, and to share their poetry with the nation. So we work really hard at Urban Word to expose them to as many diverse communities and platforms where they can share their work as well as work as a young civic agent. Thank you, Dr. Davis. Who is the current Youth Poet Laureate for the United States in 2021? The current National Youth Poet Laureate is Alexandra Hume. She is a phenomenal young woman, uh, Vietnamese American, and she has a lot of things that she's really passionate about and it has been a whirlwind year for her starting in just this past May where she was announced. Can you elaborate a little bit about some of her activities? She has been featured on 
so many major media outlets. That's kind of our major thing right now is kind of managing her press schedule right now. She um, just did this beautiful piece with CBS. Um, and she is just sharing what poetry means to her and what it means for her community. She speaks a lot about her identity and how growing up she did not see in books and even children's books, she did not see a lot of Vietnamese characters. So one of her big goals is to share those narratives of her community and her family with the country and make them more visible. Um, and also I think in this particular moment, everything that has happened in the last year, she's well poised to speak to some of the, the challenges that different communities are facing, particular Asian communities and sharing more outside of just what most Americans might think about when they think about those communities. And so that's what she's been working really hard. And she's also, our youth poll lawyers are really proud of them, but they also live robust lives as young people. So she's preparing to go to Stanford this fall and doing all of the regular freshman, pre-freshman year activities and trying to manage her schedule. She's been speaking at universities, welcoming a lot of college students back to campus this year and just how to, trying to speak to creating inclusive and safe environments. So if you just wanna add a little extra something into your busy schedule, go back to go to school as a freshman and also be the Youth Poet Laureate, right? For sure. <laughs> um, do other countries have similar programs or as the United States is embracing this regional and then across the nation Youth Poet Laureate platform, have you thought about expanding into other countries? We certainly have and there are in Western parts of the world, there are other like laureateships or ambassadorships for young poets. But we're currently at Urban Word working with a few different international partners to offer our Youth Poet Laureate program in those nations. And we're working to build it out so that we have the fidelity, but also that it's applicable to those different regions, depending on their values and needs. So that's something that we're really excited about. And I'm excited because we will be expanding our staff to help support that as I work with the United States. We have new people thinking through what it looks like to go international. And then that means you might not be the national network director, you might be the international network director. <laughs> um, Amanda Gorman was named the Youth Poet Laureate in April of 2017. Can you discuss the path that led her to being to taking everybody's breath away at January's inauguration of President Biden? That was it, every it was a collective awesome moment. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think it brings your program so beautifully into perspective here. So could you talk a little bit about how that happened? Excellent. So Amanda is definitely a gem of our program. In fact, she was the first National Youth Poet Laureate in 2017. And what happened prior to that is in 2016, at the end of the Obama administration, Michelle Obama invited the regional finalists to the White House to perform and share their poetry. And Amanda was in that cohort at the time before she was announced as the National Youth Poet Laureate. And then they were all invited to open up at the Library of Congress for Tracy K. Smith, then U.S. Poet Laureate. And from there, Amanda earned her own um, book deal and agent 
And so she began to rise and the program began to get more publicity across the nation. And the way we understand it is um, Dr. Jill Biden actually saw Amanda perform and was the one to invite her to be the inaugural poet. Behind every good man, there's a very strong woman, right? Uh, the Youth Poet Laureate program came um, into being under the auspices of another organization, the Urban Word, which has been mentioned a couple of times this evening. Can you describe the mission of that organization as well? And how long has Urban Word been in existence? And is it strictly a New York-based organization? For sure. And I want to make sure I get the mission right, so I'd love to read it. Um, so based in New York City, Urban Word's mission is to create platforms and spaces for literary, social, emotional learning and youth development through creative writing workshops, college access programming and performance opportunities. So in New York City alone, Urban Word works with more than 25,000 young people each year through a variety of programs. So the New York City Youth Poet Laureate program is one. We also do the New York City Teen Poetry Slam as well as the Federal Hall Fellowship and several residencies in local schools and communities across New York City. So that's our primary work. And this work began in 1999. So Urban Word has been doing this for about two decades now. And while the Youth Poet Laureate Program is a newer initiative, it speaks to the longevity and deep leadership that Urban Word has across the United States in leading youth development and youth spoken word spaces. Thank you. On the website for Urban Word, the underlying value system is described as creating and curating a dynamic, engaging environment for young writers of New York City, and then providing platforms for them where they can share their voices. It's part art, part literature, part therapy for these young people to be heard and acknowledged and recognized in a constructive manner. What next? Do you see a natural progression for the Urban Word program? moving forward? For sure. So we think our work is central to helping young people reflect and think about who they are, as well as give them platforms to express those ideas. And we would love to see them move beyond our programming to becoming change agents. So the Youth Poet Laureate Program, first in New York City, and then nat now nationally, and as we talked about before, hopefully internationally, that is a big piece of what's next. And what I do in my role is we're supporting other organizations that have the desire to do similar work, but maybe they don't have 20 plus years of experience or they don't have as much bandwidth. We're developing other programmatic leaders across the United States because we believe deeply that in every city and every community in the United States, these opportunities should be available. So what we do is we're moving to providing it for young people, but also training other leaders to duplicate similar initiatives in their own communities that speak to the needs of young people locally. And we see that work quadrupling itself over time. And we're really excited with what we have done so far with Youth Poet Laureate, but we definitely see it continuing to grow and then to see what the laureates go on to do. So we are watching them now as they're going in as freshmen, but what happens when they like Amanda Gorman graduate from Harvard, right? And what do they go on to do? So we see all of that as a part of our collective impact. One Urban Word alum, Carbon Lissant, has starred as George Washington in the Broadway show Hamilton. 
Could you describe some of the other success stories for students that discovered their voices and felt empowered because of the Urban Word program? For sure. We are so proud of Carver's Lassant, and he is one of a cadre of um, exceptionally successful young people that came out of Urban Word. For example, Elizabeth Acevedo, she was a National Book Award winner. We also have Kamon Felix, who is a political strategist. We also have professors that came out of our program, like Dr. Joshua Bennett and Dr. Jamila Lyscott, who actually have tenure now, which is crazy. And we also have um, a current Pulsler Prize finalist, Zora Howard. And it just speaks to our national network of alum who are going on to take spoken word and take their narratives into a variety of places. And it shows the transferable skills that young people are learning in these youth development spaces like Urban Word. And we're really, really proud of them. And we're so excited to see what this next group goes on to do from Amanda Gorman to Alexandra to Serena and Mira and what all the impact they'll have across the country and in their own professions as they move forward. So what we've been talking about so far are people that are in high school and moving out of high school into the sort of college arena. How about moving down in the age group? Do you see opportunities for poetry programs for younger children and trying to bring the whole idea of finding your voice earlier as part of perhaps the legacy of Urban Word and the National Youth Poet Laureate Program? I think it's definitely connected. In fact, at Urban Word, we do have a program exclusively for middle school students. And the National Youth Poet Laureate Program to apply, I didn't mention this earlier, but when you apply, the entry is 13 years old. So um, we do see kind of early adolescence as a part of all of this programming that we're doing. But if you think about elementary school, early and late elementary, as an educator and a teacher educator, I definitely see the benefits of it. And in fact, part of the work that we do behind the scenes at Urban Word is training teachers. We have teacher development programs. We present different staff from our organization present at teacher development conferences and helping teachers to think through how do you use these skills in classroom context to teach all children. And you know, most classes have a poetry unit so definitely see spoken word fitting very neatly into that space. And then as a concerned civics, which I'm personally really interested in as a scholar, I think that young people from a very young age, like second grade, have ideas. They have ideas about what this country is and how they show up as citizens and what does that mean? So I think all of these ideas can be brought into classrooms. And then we have, um, even on our staff, our creative team, um, Mahogany Brown just, recently released some of her work, which is a children's book called Woke Baby, that's thinking through critical consciousness for really young kids. It's a picture book. So there's a lot of ways that I see this work intersecting with different age groups. And particularly as it relates to the programming and performing, that is a little bit of an older skill just because of the logistics around it. Like we fly poets all across the United States. And you know, if they get too young, that becomes kind of a challenge. But in terms of the critical consciousness and literacy development, I see it being applicable to every age range, really. So, Dr. Davis, um, what do you, what do you, would you say to viewers that are in our audience this evening that want to become more involved or support support the poet 
Laureate program or help out with Urban Word and its mission, what, what message can we deliver to our general greater audience about how they can become either involved or supportive of um, the Urban Word and the Youth Poet Laureate program? Excellent question. So an excellent first step is to log on to our website at urbanwarenyc.org and join our newsletter. You can sign up and that way you'll get all the information of what we're doing in this moment of being in the virtual world. A ton of programming is coming out online and for free to watch. So please just get connected with us and stay tuned into what we're doing. In regards to Youth Poet Laureate program particularly, I would suggest that you go to youthlaureate.org and check out the recently released Youth Poet Laureate Anthology, where we feature over 50 young poets across the United States um, in a one anthology. So you can support by purchasing that book, buy it for another young person and let them know that their voices matter and that people are reading and thinking about the issues that they're going through right now. And also just stay tuned in um, and continue to read poetry. I think some people ask me sometimes, do you think poetry is a dying art? And in my world, it isn't because I'm always thinking about it. But for the broader world, pick up poetry books, read poetry. And to the point about literacy, it's an excellent activity to begin for beginning readers because often poems are short and they're simple. So read poetry to yourself, to your community and continue to lift up its value in our society, especially as we think about civic ideas. Poetry can be a civic tool. Anybody who thinks poetry is a dying art just needs to go to Urban Word and look at one of your poetry slam videos because it becomes very evident that it is vibrant and energetic and very happening. So it's it's an it's huge and important. Um, do you have any final messages that you would like to share with our audience tonight? Actually, I'll just say um, thank you. Thank you all for viewing this. Thank you for inviting us. And thank you for all of the, the platforms and being able to share young people's voices. And I think as you know, we are in this very complicated world and we have these quote unquote adult ideas, it's really imperative that we give the mic to young people and let them share because they oftentimes have visions and imaginations that will lead us to much greater places. So continue to shine a light on our youth and um, keep reading poems. Thank you, Dr. Davis. And thank you to everyone in our audience this evening. Thanks once again to the amazing board of directors of the New York Book Forum. We are so happy to bring this program to you. We hope you've enjoyed it. And we look forward to seeing you at our next virtual program. Good night. All my hanging 
always static. Push the void. Balance the beam. Balance shit I've come with. God. Always watch this.